Well, hey, everybody, and a very big welcome. It's awesome that you can come together from wherever you are. For those of you in the room, for those of you joining us at home, it's awesome that we can be together this weekend as an online campus and be receiving together. As you heard, Pastor Dwayne is out and about. He's traveling in the United Kingdom. So uh, that land is blessed right now because he's uh, busy teaching and preaching there. And so we get to be able to share with you uh, directly. If you haven't met me already before, my name is Pastor Craig. I'm the online campus pastor around here. If you were waiting for Pastor Dwayne, he will definitely be back with us again next weekend. Well, we've got a really awesome message planned for you today. And as we jump into the Word, let's kick off with some prayer, and then we'll jump straight into the message. Father God, we thank you that we can come together from wherever we are in the world, and we can just bend the knee before you, and you can teach us, you can edify us, you can grow us, and you can build us up. Thank you, Father, that your word is always encouraging. It's always edifying. It always lifts us up. And Father God, we come to you right now ready to receive. And all of God's people said in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, we've been listening to Pastor Dwayne give us a series on the law. And even though um, this evening's or the today, or whenever you're listening to it, your message today is uh, around faith, it's going to end Uh, in a very similar vein to what Pastor Dwayne has been sharing on. So stand by to apply all that you've learned from Pastor Dwayne in the rest of uh, this series and this message. When we have a look at the world today, when we have a look at the amount of time that we have, when we have a look at what we have to get done in a day, when we have to look at the things we face, the priorities that we have to work through, it is almost essential that we pick our battles It's almost essential that we try and find the right moment to do the right thing because time slips by so quickly and before we know it, we are not with uh, with what's going on. We're not with what's happening around us. We, We lost a little bit in the stresses and strains of life and before we know it, things have passed us by and we haven't got done what we really needed to get done. Uh, How many of you in the room feel like sometimes the life that you have is just kind of making decisions for you as opposed to you making decisions for your life? When we have a look at picking the right battles and prioritizing, it's important for us to understand that there's some certain things in our belief, certain things in the way we worship, certain things in the way we do God that we need to prioritize as well. How many of you have sometimes neglected your Bible reading streak and then you come back and it says that you haven't been in the Bible for 14, 15, 16 days and you go, how did that time go by so quickly? You see, when it comes to worshiping God and when it comes to worshiping God with everything that we have, we have to be almost intentional around making sure that we get done what we need to do to worship God. I've often said this, but Satan doesn't have to make us sin. He just has to make us to be too busy. And then what happens? Our relationship and our worship of God starts to wane. And so today, we're going to take a look at one scripture and see what priority that asks of us when it comes to a certain element of our belief structure. If you want to, you can click on the, on the notes tab. You can click on the version Bible reading uh, uh, link, and you'll be able to join along as we uh, continue to read. We're going to be reading from the Passion Translation a lot today, and uh, we're going to start off by having a look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Have a look at what it says. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real, and that He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. 
And without faith living on the inside of us, it is impossible to please God. So today, I wanted to ask you a question about have you prioritized downloading, get a revelation of faith? It seems that it's pretty important. We can whistle by our beliefs, we can whistle by our worship of God, and before we know it, we've forgotten the key, most important things about worshiping God. And in fact, this scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says quite categorically that without faith living on the inside of us, it is impossible to please God. Surely then, faith is a pretty big deal, and surely then, the busyness of life should never squash out our desire to grow in faith to grow in acceptance, and to grow in worship of the Father. Surely, if this scripture is real, and it certainly is in my Bible, it says to us quite categorically that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so, today, in the notes, you can read through some pretty important questions. You can read through some pretty important things that we need to ask ourselves about faith if we're prioritizing. Where is your faith? Do you have faith to carry you through the trials you haven't walked through yet? Do you have the faith to know that God wants good for you? Do you have the faith to know that God wants you well and not ill? Do you have the faith to know that God desperately desires for you to know that He loves you and He wants to use you? Do you have the faith to know that you can overcome sin and you can overcome guilt? Do you have the faith to know that you are healed of every disease do you have the faith to know that he can be trusted and that his word is true? Do you really believe that all things will work together for the good if you love God? Do you have the faith to believe that God will work out the injustices in your life, the things that you've been wronged on, the things that you've done, have had done badly and poorly to you? Do you really believe that in your moment where you have nothing, God can provide for your financial needs? You see, it's that kind of faith living on the inside of us that will propel us to want to please God. Romans chapter 12 says that when we sacrifice ourselves, sacrifice our own desires, and position our lives in front of Him, worshiping Him, and giving up our own ways of doing things, being busy with getting things done, when we give up that and we endure and we accept and we absorb the faith that needs to live on the inside of us, that is when we are able to walk out what is good and pleasing to the Father. So today, ask yourself the question, what kind of faith do I have? Where is my faith? What is faith? I think many of us need to regularly and prioritize the revisiting of the revelation of faith in our lives. We need to understand that faith has a definition in Scripture. Some people think that faith is just a positive thought. And so what we're going to have a look at is we're going to have a look at a downloading scale. How many of you have been downloading a message from Pastor Dwayne and you've been sitting on the train, maybe you're sitting on the subway, and maybe you're sitting on the underground, wherever you are in the world, and, and you don't get the kind of bandwidth that you'd like to have, and you really want to listen to that message from Pastor Dwayne, but man, it's taking a long time to download. I remember sometimes when we used to download large video files. We could start watching them, and then it would buffer. 
And then it would slowly get, get slower and slower and slower until we were watching the down low death of wheels spinning round and round on our, on, our, on our screens. We need to get the full download of what faith is. We can't wait for time to pass us by because Satan will get us so busy distracted with other things that we will forget about our focus on downloading faith. So today we want to have a look at what it means to download faith. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23 tells us where the download site is. It tells us where we need to click on to be able to download the faith. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 tells us that one of the fruitages of the Spirit is faith. If you want to be able to get a revelation of faith, you need to go to the source of faith. And the source of faith, the source of understanding faith, the source of understanding faith so that we can please God is the Holy Spirit. So we need to go before the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what is faith? What do I need to do in my life to have a faith that can get me into a routine of regularly walking out the perfect will and the pleasing will of the Father? Real faith comes from the Spirit of God. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and no one can have it without God's Spirit. So what we're saying, no spirit, no faith, no faith, no pleasing God. I think faith and the revelation of faith in our lives from the Holy Spirit is really something we should be prioritizing. Many people say, as they begin the download of faith, that Faith is my belief structure. It's what I believe. In fact, on many forms, you'll find the word faith. And there you can write in if you're Methodist or if you're non-denominational or if you kind of whatever denomination you belong to or interdenominational. Or, and you can write down your faith. And a lot of people think that the word faith is directly linked to their belief structure. And as you start the download of faith, as you start to have needs in your life, that where you need to go beyond yourself and your current circumstances, where you need to go beyond yourself and what's currently happening to you to find hope, to find a purpose, you, f you start to look for answers of how you can transcend your current circumstances. And a whole lot of people, when they need to transcend their current circumstances, they run off to the local church to try and find some answers. They try and find some reward for their good behavior of going to church once or twice in the year. And they try and find some answers in the local church. And before they know it, the desire to go beyond their current circumstance becomes directly attached to attending a church or having a specific belief structure. Well, if you're clicking on the local church to try and get a personal revelation of faith, you're downloading from the wrong place. You need to download from the Holy Spirit, not from a brick-and-mortar building or for some, from some man that has a prophetic word or a good preaching skill. You need to go to the Holy Spirit and say, what then is faith in my life? Because if you're downloading your faith and you're trying to get your faith from somebody else or from your local church, your download will be canceled. You're not going to get any joy in finding faith. What you're going to find is a whole lot of disappointment. For those of you who've been hurt by the local church, how many of you know that you've never been hurt by God, but you may very well have been hurt by the church? The church isn't the source of faith. The church is the group of people that come together to express what faith has done in their lives. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 to 5 says this, Being one body and one spirit, 
as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. Now, if faith was belief structure, if faith was some kind of church structure, if faith was some kind of denomination, there are thousands of denominations worldwide today. There are thousands of churches worldwide today. Surely then if it, if it was a belief structure or a church or, a, or a, a, a denomination, that scripture should read, although we are of many faiths. That scripture says we are of one faith. So we can completely and utterly take out any idea that faith is some kind of church structure. So then what is it? Where do we find this ability to go beyond ourselves and live life in hope and with a purpose, not running around like a hamster in a wheel? Where do we, where do we go? So a lot of people without Jesus Christ, without, without any inkling of the divine source of faith in the Holy Spirit, they will kind of come to you and say, well, well faith is a form of positive thinking, a form of positive thinking. And as they began to download, at least they're going in the right direction. They, they know that it's something that they have to decide that they have to do. There's a part of us doing that includes, is included in faith. But they get it a bit wrong when they kind of start defining faith as this kind of intangible feeling of, of being okay in my personal space and being okay with who I am and I'm a unique person and there's no real definition or structure to what faith is. It doesn't really have a clear purpose. It doesn't really have a direction. It's whatever you need it to be. Positive thinking, taking an optimistic view and just remaining upbeat, reading the right things, deciding to be upbeat and, and, and happy when everything else around you seems to be falling apart. Now, in genuine faith, there, there is an element of positive thinking. So at least we've started the download and we, we're going in the right direction. But genuine faith, the kind of faith that pleases God, is not a faith that's built on how you feel. Genuine faith in a faith that pleases God is not a faith that works in your circumstance or in your situation. No, faith must be more than just positive thinking. There's an element to faith having an impact on our thinking, but it's not all there is. So we download a little bit more. We ask a little bit more. We, we, we have positive thinking. We, we, want, we want that positive thinking to give us a good self-confidence. And we read in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Cast not away your confidence. So that must be what faith is. Faith is a confidence to take that positive thinking and, and go out and live life and do good and, and get it done. Look at how faithful I am. He's a very confident, positive kind of person. He must have high levels of faith. Well, yes and no. Positive thinking, there's a part of that in faith. Confidence, there's a part of that in faith. In fact, Scripture does say that we must not cast our confidence away. Confidence, though, is usually based on a head knowledge. How many of you know that if you had to switch off the lights in your living room, 
Even in this church, even in this building, if you had to switch off these lights, most of you, because you come here so regularly and you have a knowledge of the area that you're in, the knowledge of your living room, you'd be able to, with all confidence, make your way out of the building in the dark. You see, there's a predefined knowledge that even though you can't see that which is there, you know it's there because of your knowledge and therefore you have a confidence. So because you know that you can do certain things, because you know that you are confident in certain areas, or because you're comfortable in certain situations, you have a positive attitude about those things in life, and you have a confidence about those things that you know. But as soon as some trouble comes your way, as soon as something that you don't know comes your way, you, you trip and fall over it in the dark, and your confidence and your positive thinking goes out the window. And surely that is not the kind of faith that God speaks about pleasing him. So we understand that confidence in faith is vital for Christians, and it's an element of our faith, but it's not all about positive thought and confidence. So we allow the download to continue. We allow the revelation of faith to continue in our lives. And then we read a scripture like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. It says, until then, there are three things that remain. Ha, here we go. Here they are. Here's the definition. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So hope must be faith. Faith is a good ability to have positive outlook in life. Be confident about that which is going on around you, but then also have a hope for the future. Hopeful, a purpose, a dream, a vision. The, the person's got a lot of hope. You immediately think that they've got a lot of faith. Well, if hope is faith, then faith is hope. Why did 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13 link them all and separate them at the same time? It said there's these three things that will remain. These three things are faith, hope, and love. Surely the scriptures wouldn't have differentiated between faith and hope if hope and faith were the same thing. Hope is the top three things we need to cling on to, but it is not this divine supernatural faith that is going to see us overcome the devil and please the Father. Hope is important, but it is not faith. I know what it is as your download continues. You might be looking at me now and saying, well, faith is believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins. And I want to take a moment here because I don't want to be heard wrong. I want you to make sure that you get my heart and, and not my words on this one. But faith is not believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for your sins. The Lord Jesus Christ died for all of our sins, whether or not we have faith in him or not. Faith is something that we do in response to Jesus Christ dying for our sins, but faith is not the act of Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Faith, this general belief that faith is simply acknowledging that Jesus existed and that he died for our sins, and there as a result, I have faith. We have many people who do not believe in the whole story of the Father, but they believe that Jesus existed and that he died. That doesn't bring about a faith that pleases God. No, there's something more. It's not just this, just this feeling of, of, of being confident, of, of, of being assertive in this life, of thinking good things are going to happen to me. It's not just about having some kind of hope 
and that it that gets loosely attached to some theology about this guy that died upon a stake so that I could have everlasting life, a guy that died upon a tree, a guy that died upon the cross. I kind of loosely combobulate that with my self-confidence, and I loosely combobulate that with who I am, and I mix that all together, and I call that faith. Is that what faith is? There's no doubt that if someone doesn't believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins, that they're not pleasing to God because Jesus was provided by God to do just that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if someone doubts Christ died for his sins, he's not doing very well in pleasing God. Believing that Christ died for our sins is a direction, an avenue of our faith, but it's not what faith is. If you can imagine that there's a South African expression when we're going somewhere and someone phones us and, and we're busy driving, we will say, no, we're already on the road. In other words, we're already on our way. Maybe you use that expression in your part of the world as well. We're already on our way. We're on the road. Now, I get pictures of somebody sitting on the road and I'm wondering how they're getting anywhere. Well, you see, Jesus' death is the roadway. The faith is the vehicle in which we extrapolate the benefit of the road in, as we travel. Without the vehicle, the road has been made available. But we have to get into our vehicle and drive upon the road for that road to have benefit in our lives. There's got to be something else other than just the fact that we acknowledge that Jesus died for our sins. How many of you know that there are plenty of people that acknowledge that Jesus Christ has died for their sins, but they're not living a faithful, supernatural, powerful life? In fact, many Christians today who acknowledge that Jesus died for them are complaining about the lack of blessing in their lives because they don't see or will not see Jesus operating in their lives. So we need to continue the download. It's not just an acknowledgement that Jesus died for us. It's not just some kind of hope. It's not just some kind of confidence. It's not some kind of positive thinking. No, there must be more. All of these things are part of faith but they are not the full picture. We haven't yet got the full file of faith. John chapter 4 and verse 24 says that if you worship him, the Father, you worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit reveals the faith and study defines it. You see, part of our faith is building up our knowledge of that faith, building up the knowledge it's looking up the roadmap before we travel our vehicle on the road. It's, it's getting to an understanding of studying. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing what the Word of God. How many of you know, however, that I could study a book on evolution and put faith in Charles Darwin? Study doesn't necessarily lead to the kind of faith that pleases God, but study of God's Word leads to the kind of faith that stirs up in us a desire to worship God. Faith is revealed to us by the Spirit. And study helps us shape it, helps us understand it, helps us put practice to it. But once again, study is not faith on its own. Study is just knowledge. And knowledge creates a confidence which could become a self-confidence and not a confidence in our faith in Jesus Christ that pleases God. Prayer, study, and fasting, and all these things, meditation, are all just spiritual activities that help us understand our faith. If I had to knock a glass onto the floor, I would be seeing there would be an evidence of gravity in my life. 
And then I go to the scientists, and they give, you, give me formula to help me understand what just happened. And it's the same with study. Study, just because I'm a good student, doesn't mean to say that I'm a man of faith. It just means that I have good disciplines in my life. Well, I have to worship God in spirit and in truth, and study helps me understand the truth, but it doesn't give me the spirit's understanding of faith. So if study is not alone, my faith, I'm going to have to continue the download. I'm going to have to let the download run its course so I can see what else is involved in faith. Even though we're saying that some of these things aren't faith, I'm also not saying that some of these things aren't part of your faith journey. And so we continue the download, and now we get to the real stuff. Now we begin to get to a place where the download and the revelation of faith is getting to the boundaries of what we can think and do ourselves. And now we're getting to the part of the file, of the video file download that we haven't seen yet. We're having a look at what God needs to do to help us have this extraordinary faith. Up until now, these are all things that we could have done on our own. With or without Jesus Christ, we could have a positive outlook on life. With or without Jesus Christ, we could have a good hopeful attitude. With or without Jesus Christ, we could study things. But now, as the download now begins to enter in to a supernatural space, all of a sudden, our spirits are quickened. Our bandwidth is heightened. Our thought process goes from who we are and what we can do. We get to the moment of where we begin transcending our own understanding. We get to a moment where we start transcending what we can do. We put aside our own pride. We put aside our own plans. And now the download starts to get exciting. Because you see, we now get into looking as we download a little bit further what faith is, we begin to get revelation from God through Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, which says this, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. And I go, wow. In a courtroom, I can understand evidence. I can understand that evidence brings clarity. It brings truth. It brings a certainty to a decision. If, if everything existed around me and it was just circumstantial evidence, but they then presented a weapon with my fingerprints on it, the evidence brings a certainty to the jury's decision to convict me as a guilty murderer. And so... When we have a look at evidence, we're not looking to perform evidence to show our faith. No, we're looking for evidence to base our faith upon. Don't get caught up in the trickery of the devil when he tries to make you show that you love God. He's been always been doing that. He's been questioning Adam and Eve's motives. He's always been questioning your motive. You better get to church, otherwise you're guilty. You better go, otherwise you're not good enough. He's been putting these doubts in our minds that we have to demonstrate an evidence that we have faith, but we haven't even got the evidence in our lives to have the faith. And so we need to find what it is that, that, that we base our faith upon before we can have the faith. And the evidence that Scripture is speaking about here is the confirmed Word of God, the Word of God that's already been accomplished. Every single morning, when you wake up and you take in a breath, 
you realize that, hey, there's an accomplished word of God. Every single time you look at the wonder of creation, there is an accomplished word of God. Every time I speak to my watch and I say, hey, Siri, let there be light, and she turns on a lamp for me automatically, I recognize that there is an accomplished word of God because he said, let there be light, and there was light. There is much evidence for us to know that God has already accomplished what his word has set out to accomplish, and therefore we can have faith in the evidence to provide a confidence in our decision to please him. I hope I'm making sense here in the room. I hope you're tracking with me there at home. Evidence in that God has already accomplished his word, like evidence in a courtroom, is what gives us a certainty. Scripture in Hebrews 11 verse 1 calls that certainty assurance. It's assurance where faith is involved, are based on the evidence of God's already accomplished word. We can have an assurance that even though we can't see what's next, that what he says is next is going to be next. Faith is based on an evidence. We do not produce an evidence of our faith. We have faith based on an evidence. If God promises to do something, it is impossible for him to lie. And that's what Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 says. Basically what I'm saying is our faith, as we get a revelation of faith, as we download what faith is in our lives, we need to have a revelation that we have faith in God's faithfulness. That because God is never lying, because God always gives us what he promises, because he always does what he says he does, we can have an assurance in his word. We can have a confidence in his word. And that evidence that God exists in our lives, that evidence that even though we did not know him, he knew us, even though we were still sinners, he still loved us, that Christ died for the whole world and we're part of that world, even though we weren't part of God's world, we weren't doing things to please him just yet, even though we are in that space, God was doing things and he was speaking things and they were true even though we didn't give him any credit for the source of that truth. And so our download now begins to shape our thoughts that, hey, I can look to the accomplished word of God to get a peace and an assurance that what he says goes and what he says is true. When scientists are telling us one thing, when family members, psychologists, psychologists and crazy people are telling us, not that psychologists are crazy, but when people are telling us all sorts of things that we should be believing, we look with the evidence of God's accomplished word and we'd say it is upon the evidence presented from all time that I base my decision to please God. And so because of that assurance, faith becomes a spiritual thing, not just some emotion that we can present. No, it becomes a deep-seated spiritual thing. If something is hopeful, that something has not yet been received. Therefore, where faith is involved, there's assurance that it will be received because of the evidence of his faithfulness. Faith is spiritual. It is not physical. It's a confident assurance which comes from the Spirit of God in the mind of a converted human being. There's evidence, 
The evidence creates assurance. Our download is rolling now. Do you see how quickly our download is coming down? How quickly our revelation is building? We have the evidence. Because of the evidence, we have a confidence. Because of the confidence, we have an assurance. Because of the assurance, now the Word of God that is not yet fulfilled in our lives becomes so real that it's as if it is already fulfilled in our lives. The evidence that God always does what He says He will do becomes so overwhelming that there is no room for doubt in this courtroom that God intends to work for the good. God intends to bless us. God intends for us to be well. It's the yet-to-be-accomplished Word of God that because of the evidence of His accomplished Word becomes so real that even though we still hope for it, it's as real and as tangible as though it has already happened. It's not just acknowledging the promises of God. It's not just knowing the promises of God. That's knowledge. No, having faith in the promises of God becomes a way of life. When, when we wake up in the morning, His promises are the first thing on our minds. When we go to our Facebook feed and we see the disasters that happen around the world, He's the first thing on our minds. When we get the diagnosis from the doctor that's not favorable, his promises are the first thing on our minds. When our child makes the wrong decision, it's the first thing on our minds. When we make the wrong decision and when we do the wrong thing, it's the first thing on our minds. Faith is becoming so close to the evidenced word of God that his promised word is as real and as tangible. Every time you demonstrate faith in God, it involves a specific promise. You cannot have faith without putting faith in a promise. A promise can involve a healing, answer to prayer, receiving a decision, receiving blessing, deliverance in a trial, guidance in a difficult decision, and most importantly, a promise was involved in the decision of faith that you took at the moment of your salvation. In every instance of life, faith involves claiming a specific promise made by God. Put the evidence alongside the assurance, alongside the promises of God, and our download now hits the end phase. The download now becomes power. I tell you now that in the first part of our download, you might have had all of those things, a confident outlook, a positive outlook. You might have had all of those things. But you haven't seen faith if you haven't seen power. Because you see, faith and that confident assurance gives us a peace, and in that peace, we find a strength. Jesus found that same kind of strength. He said in John 14 and verse 10, Don't you believe that the Father is living in me, that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father. Have a look at this, and this is what we speak over our lives. For He lives in me and performs His miraculous power through me. It was through the power of God's Spirit in Jesus Christ that He could understand the full download of walking a life in complete faith with the Father. And as a result, He at the end of His life could look at his father when it came to, did I please him? Did I do the acceptable will or not? And he could say, it is done. 
because he concentrated on what that word was giving him. He concentrated on the Father being on the inside of him, mixing with his hopes, mixing with his dreams, mixing with his positive outlook, with his confidence. It mixed together, and at all times he concentrated on the promises of God, and the promises of God gave birth in his life to an assured peace, which gave birth in his life to a power. As we mix and combine what God has already done, evidence, with the assurance that he says he will do, assurance, we get a kind of power that Jesus experienced. We don't get the same kind of power, or we might get a cheap thrill, but we don't get the same kind of power from doing a good work, presenting our own evidence of faith. No, we get power from having an assurance of the, prevent, of the presented word of God as evidence in our lives and the promise of God in our lives mixed together to form this power. And the final part of our download of faith is an absolute epitome of something that we can't do for ourselves. We might have been able to have a good hope and a good outlook and a positive approach, but when it comes to understanding that there's our faith, and then there's the faith that Jesus has in us. Take a look at what it says in Ephesians 2 and verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through what? Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Take that scripture and mold it together with Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16 and have a look at what it says. For we know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but by the faith of Jesus. Not by the faith in Jesus, but by the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus. Jesus has his own faith. He has his own expectation of things hoped for, though not yet beheld. He has a perfect life journey of dwelling on what the Father has already accomplished and what the Father is yet to accomplish. He has his own assurance of the evidence presented by the Father. He has his own uh, hopes and dreams. And if you ever want to read what those dreams are, have a look at his final prayer to his disciples before he died. And he outlines what his hopes for, what his assurance was in. It was in the outworking of the promises of God in your life. Jesus is looking on your life in faith. He has all faithfulness in your life. He has all faith that God's promises are going to do what God's promises says they're going to do in your life. And he's looking on to you like you look on to him in a form of faith. He has a faith. That faith is that he has faith in you. Despite your circumstance, Despite your issues, despite your past, despite the things you've done wrong, despite the things that you think you're not good at, despite the things that you think you're very good at, Jesus has faith in you. And that faith in us, coupled with the faith that we have in him, combines to form a supernatural way of life that will last for all eternity. Faith starts with a human belief, but it must quickly move to understanding that there's another faith at play, and that is the faith of Jesus Christ who believes in you. We complete our download of faith when we can get to a point where we believe that Jesus believes in us. For all of those people who don't believe in God, Jesus isn't lying awake at night wondering if you exist. He knows you exist. He believes in you. And more importantly, he believes in the promises of God in you. 
And he's eagerly anticipating the outworking of God's glorious, perfect, and acceptable will in your life. Our human faith might falter. The bandwidth of downloading the revelation of faith might waver. Have you ever watched the time of a download? Sometimes it's a two minutes, sometimes it's a 13 minutes, sometimes in my home when I'm downloading and uploading online files, it goes to two hours, three days, then jumps back. Our faith is like that. It's ever-changing and ever-wavering. It continually grows and then shrinks back a little bit and then wavers. But never, ever do we need to look upon the faith that has been given to us by grace, the faith that Jesus has in us as wavering. Jesus never questions whether or not the Word of God is operating in your life. In fact, He is so desperate to see faith on this earth in works and in action. He knows that it's impossible to please God without faith because what God desires of you transcends what you could ever hope for and imagine. We're busy bumbling along in what we can hope for and imagine, but faith that is given to us by grace and the faith that we can have because of grace as a result of all of this, there's a life that transcends us, that goes beyond our current circumstance. That, that life that goes beyond our current circumstance, that's what's pleasing to God. And if we can never break out of what we can imagine, what we can hope for, and see what Jesus hopes for in us, what he longs for in us, what he desires to see happen in us, we will never be able to break through into the space of a life that pleases God. It's not that we're doing wrong, it's not that he's displeased with us. He just wants you to have the kind of life that Jesus made possible for you to have. Christ asked his disciples, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Where are you with your download? Will Jesus find faith in your heart for him that matches the kind of faith he has for you? Will he find you sitting on the edge of God's word expectant every moment of the day for the power of God's word to be manifest and become evident? Are you ready to live a life of constantly downloading faith and in every situation, in season and out of season, God's word, God's promises, God's way of life, God's desire for you trumps everything else? Yes, even your current circumstance. Yes, even your current feelings and emotions. Christ wants to know from you today, how far is your download? How's the download going? I want to let you know that part of this faith journey is constantly turning to the Holy Spirit to ask Him to reveal more and more of the glorious life and step out as if that life already exists because it does. God has already ordained it and put it into place. We need to step up, have a revelation of faith, and know that faith is what gives us to a place of pleasing God. Faith in His works. Faith in His evidences. Not faith in the laws of man, in the laws of church. No, those things cancel our download. The will of God and the Holy Spirit speeds that download up. And I know that you, through prayer, can have an incredible, incredible revelation of the Father's faith in you and what it means to have faith in Him. I hope that you got something out. I hope that you're typing comments. I hope that you're downloading the notes. I hope that you're sharing this on Instagram so that more people can receive the message at the next uh, time slot. 
Thank you so very much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. We're going to pray, then we'll say goodbye, and you can go about your day. Thank you so much for being with us. Father, we just thank you for downloading into us a revelation of faith. We thank you that it's not up to us and up to us alone. Father, thank you that we can, we can do some things as regards the revelation of faith, but thank you that the power comes from you, that the most difficult part of the revelation comes from you, that the grace comes from you, that the power comes from you, that the evidence comes from you, that the promises come from you. Father, thank you that you meet us with faith in us through Jesus Christ. We love you and we honor you, and we determine this day to be a, a people that's on fire with faith for you, our God, for there is no other. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all of God's people around the world said, amen and amen. I want to encourage you right now, jump in the chat room, share something that's changed in your heart. If, if something changed in your mindset today, if uh, something I said, something God spoke into your heart has adjusted some thinking in your life today, in the room, if something adjusted in your life today, hey, why don't you make a decision? At home, you can click on the banner, the link in the chat room. There'll be a little pop-up. It's, I raised my hand. That's not just for people who are raising their hand for Jesus for the first time. No, that's you sitting at the back going, whoop, that was for me. Yeah, that's for me. And you're putting up your hand. If that's you, why don't you click on that, I raised my hand banner. I'd love to hear from you, and it will come to me personally. What changed? in your mind today? What changed in your heart today? We'd love, love, love to hear from you. Thanks again so much for joining us. Go ahead, click on that banner. Tell me all about your change. Chat to somebody from around the world and say hi. We love you, and we're looking forward to seeing you again really, really soon. You be blessed. Please tell me you got that, Kev.